Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome back to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Jelliff Russell, and this is episode number 53. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Sylvia Beckerman about her journey of creating Life of Prey, which is a space for women at different transitional phases of their lives. But before we jump into that, let's jump into a quick personal update. So I'm recording this a week early as I will actually be on vacation with my family in South Carolina when this airs. So I actually spent this last weekend, the long holiday weekend, 4th of July, mostly socializing or finishing up, kind of getting everything in the ground on the farm. And I know we are super late getting things going this year, but you know, that's just kind of what happens when you have too many things happening at once, I guess. I did get to do some fun things like hiking with a friend this weekend. Um, I feel like we are really lucky here in Maine to have some amazing mountain hikes that only take a few hours to do. And bonus, they're also relatively quiet trails because they're somewhat unknown. However, while we were up on the mountain, I was kind of thinking about how lucky we are to live here and have this in our backyard, but that we get so caught up in like running around and keeping up with our lives and jobs and other hobbies that we forget that my husband and I moved here to enjoy the space where we live. You know, like we moved to Maine because we love its outdoors and it's four seasons. Okay, technically five seasons with mud season, but you get my drift. As much as it's important to like keep up with my career coaching business, author business, this podcast, and my part-time job, it's also important that we actually take the time to enjoy ourselves, to take weekend trips like we'd originally planned to check out areas that we haven't yet been to here in Maine. And I used to call these kind of adventures road trips to nowhere because they're practically in your backyard. These are the kind of excursions where you can usually be home by dinner time or, you know, back by the end of a weekend without feeling burned out from driving. There are so many places that I haven't visited here yet in Maine, and we've already lived here for almost five years. So it is time for us to start exploring. So how about you listeners? Are there any attractions or places in your area that you keep meaning to explore but put off because of, you know, life's distractions? This is your call to carve out some time one weekend and go on a road trip to nowhere. All right, enough about me. Let's jump into the interview with Sylvia. Today I'm speaking with Sylvia Beckerman, who is an advocate for women in transition and founded Life at Prey, an organization devoted to providing women with a safe place to turn to each other for support, guidance, motivation, and empowerment. Welcome to the show, Sylvia. Well, thank you, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm super stoked to have you on and and to chat a little bit more about your organization. Um, But before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Well, um, I've been told that the most important thing about myself is that I never give up. Um, I persevere. Um, I grew up in Long Island, uh, the oldest of five, and uh, basically I've lived in Israel, California, Colorado. I don't know whether I said I grew up in in New York, but that's where I grew up, Mm -hmm. and I am currently in Connecticut. So um, I've made the rounds, and, um, you know, here I am. Yeah. Was those just from like different jobs or were they for like moving around? No, I went to college um, at the Hebrew University. I did that for about two and a half, three years. Then I came back to New York. Um, Then I worked in Manhattan for quite some time. Uh, 
I did a stint in California. I'd always wanted to go out there. My brother was doing law school out there. So I decided, you know what? It's a, it's a good time for me to go. And yeah. uh, it was great. That's really cool. You know, I came back, worked more in, uh, in Manhattan. And uh, when I got married, he was from Colorado. So we lived in Denver. And uh, that was some time ago. And what can I tell you? Uh, when I <laughs> left um, and got divorced back in 1988, 1990, uh, I took the two boys, stayed with my parents for a short time, moved to Connecticut, and it's I've been here ever since. That's awesome. It's hard to go away from New England once you live here because I live in Maine, so I totally understand. Well, when children, you know, when people ask my boys where they're from, they say Connecticut and. I have to do a double take because to me, it's all about New York. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> funny. Now, you founded Life of Prey in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. So can you, can you tell us a little bit more about the organization and kind of its mission? Well, its mission really is, is to inspire women to embrace change mm-hmm. and to really improve what is the most important thing, and that is ourselves. And in 2015, it actually started off as a prey divorce. Mm, Okay. And that was after my second divorce, a number that I didn't think I'd be saying, but that was a very short divorce that ended in 2015. And, you know, a couple of things happened that made me angry, but I realized for other people would make them uh, really uh, be devastated. Uh, you know, a simple thing like not being able to keep your email address after having it for over 20 years, simply because although you paid the bills, you didn't put your name on the account. You know, silly little things like that. But for some people, it's their identity. Right. So I started realizing after I had moved out and rented a fantastic apartment. And one of the things I realized was I had no silverware, no dishes, no wine glasses, because I had given everything to charity when I got married and sold my mm-hmm. house. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's funny, because at that particular point in time, my son and now daughter-in-law were registering for their wedding. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed my girlfriend and registered for my divorce. Mm. Threw myself a little party. Yeah, with a link to the Bed Bath and Beyond uh, website, nice. where my registry was. And, you know, I started to think, had I known some of these things back in 1988, 1990, when I uh, had left my, okay, first husband, I've only been married twice, it would have made things a lot easier. Had I had other women who were going through this to talk to. Yeah. You know, just small little tidbits, tidbits that you never think are important and you don't talk about because you think everyone else has larger problems than you do. So it was just a natural transition into Life of Prey back in 2019 because so many of the women who were coming to the organization had either never been married, were happily divorced. Um, were empty nesters, were going back into the workforce. They were going through what they thought were unique events in in life mm-hmm. where, you know, they really weren't unique. They were unique to them. But here they got to talk to other women who were going through similar 
life events and coming out really realizing that the most important person that they need to really take care of is themselves and everything else really will come. Mm. And now you've kind of, I think, touched on us just a little bit. Um, what actually, because you, you said it started out as a divorce, a prey. A prey um, divorce. I'm sorry, to pr- a prey divorce. Right. Um, but but then it sounds like it shifted, right, to become life a prey. It did. So what actually prompted that shift? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is when I did it, when I started, as I said, I had just come out of uh, a short marriage. Mm-hmm. But there were other things. I had been a single mom since uh, 1988. Um, I'd been a, you know, single working mother. Uh, I was, you know, I am a woman who, when I went to go rent, and then when I went to go buy a, a house and rent apartments before then, as a woman, I had to jump hoops. Mm. Uh, when I back in 1989, when I first rented with the two boys, I needed somebody to vouch for me, a guy. That's so frustrating, uh, yeah. Right. So what turned out to be focused on women going through one type of life event, I realized there were so many other challenges. Mm-hmm. I had gone through them, and as I mentioned before. You know, I realized there was no structured organization to help. There wasn't anything to help me. And I really thought that maybe there's a desire for, you know, more. Yeah. And it turns out, yes, you know, I started salon gatherings. And mm. when I say salon, they were not, they were not, pan- I did not want a panel discussion. I did not want anything that was formal. Mm -hmm. And they were truly informal. Uh, They were local because the events were just local. But throughout Fairfield County, I had people coming from New York, New Jersey, all parts of Connecticut. Nice. And it was really, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting. I always had at least two people who were experts. They didn't have to be, they were experts in certain categories, whether it be finance, whether it be self-image, narcissism, authors, uh, you name it, you know, we had it. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was also empowering for so many. Mm. So as I, you know, I had mentioned, it wasn't just divorce. It was women looking for other women, looking for a safe place where they could be themselves and talk about issues, whether it be legal, financial, sex, image, you name it. We talked about it and we had fun doing it. That's so awesome. And I think a lot of women, you know, we build our support system around whatever our identity is at the time, right? So maybe all your, you know, if you're married, all your friends are married. And then, you know, what do you do when you get a divorce and you no longer feel like you can speak to those friends about the issues you're having because they're not experiencing those. So it's really great that you provided that sort of support system. Well, you know, the other thing, as I mentioned, um, empty nesters. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens a lot of times is you're, you're, focus is on the children. So therefore, your social focus is also on the parents Mm. of the children. What happens when that goes away? Right. Your child goes off to college, your child gets married. So all of a sudden, your group of, you know, that close knit group of friends may not be there anymore. Mm. Then as we get older, you know, we have aging parents, mm-hmm. we have, you know, all of that to take care of. So there's a lot 
in there, we become grandparents. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on that really the uniting factor is that um, it's not unique. Right. And, you know, everyone's going after goals. And if you set goals for yourself and you achieve them, it's more important than other people having set goals for you. Mm-hmm. And now, when you first started thinking about starting a pre-divorce, did you have any people who were like naysayers or kind of like, what are, what are you thinking? Or, you know, negative Nancys? No, I heard nothing but encouragement from my friends and any associates. And I received a lot of emotional support from everyone I knew. Nice. Um, because as, uh, you know, as we talked about and you mentioned, there, there weren't any other organizations. There weren't, you know, sure, there's some social media. And back then, yes, people were using social media, but there wasn't any face-to-face where you could actually meet people and talk about things that you wouldn't normally have thought about talking or keeping Mm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I had nothing but encouragement, which was really yeah, that, it was awesome. It still is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you did you have any like fears when you first started the organization? I, I didn't. Um, I you know I, I've lived my life really never uh, been afraid of not succeeding. You know, there's a saying that the fear of success tends to be self fulfilling. Mm. Um, I had nothing to lose at that particular point in time, and it was so well received that. I did not fear succeeding. What would you say has been the biggest challenge in operating as it stands now, you know, life of prey? Well, really, I think it's finding the right balance between thinking globally and acting locally. Mm. You know, establishing credibility is not an easy challenge for any business, any enterprise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the very beginning, it was uh, local. But I really had to think on a global level because it wasn't just the immediate community. And as I went from a prey divorce to life of prey, it really changed uh, my way of thinking on a you know that that balance because everything was still on a local balance uh, on a local realm. But mm. with social media, I was hitting people from all over the world. So I would say that was probably the biggest challenge. Mm, Gotcha. And so now you also host a podcast called Sylvia and Me. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, You know, people sharing their own stories, that's been going on since the beginning of time. (laughs) And when you hear somebody else's story, you learn that, you know, you're not alone in facing life's problems. And hearing how other people have solved them, uh, have solved their problems, can also a lot of times get you on the road to solving yours. And as I said, when I did expand into Life of Prey, I really, I had people from all over asking me about the events, the local events that I was, um, that we were doing on a monthly basis. They wanted to know if I had video or audio because they were so interested in the topic mm. that I thought, you know, how do I get this platform out there? Right. And so podcasting turned out to be very beneficial to not only myself, but it opened up a wide world. Mm. So it was just a natural transition from having local events to just turning on the podcasts 
and really being able to touch so many people and uh, meet so many. Mm, yeah. It is, it's a pretty amazing medium, honestly, because you, you can meet so many people from so far away, right? Yes, uh, from really all over the globe. And mm -hmm. although nothing great has come out of this pandemic, the one thing that I think has been shown more than anything else is that you can meet people, interview people, get to mm -hmm. know people, no matter where they are in the world, whether it be Lithuania, Dubai, London, California, wherever you can communicate and mm. really meet them and give them a platform to talk about what they've done, what experiences they've gone through, what work they do. And it's been great. It's been absolutely, you know, wonderful. So you have your business, you host the podcast, you seem like a really busy woman. Um, do you do you feel like you have any like specific habits that have helped you to be successful? Well, one of the things that I've always done is uh, I've always kept my eye on the ball and I don't let myself get distracted uh, mm. too much. The work that I do, it helps, you know, so many women and I find it so fulfilling that it just encourages me to do more. So I'd say, you know, as far as that goes, making sure I do keep my eye on the ball um, has been a habit that has helped me do this. It's been a year and a half. It'll be two years in October. And right now I've interviewed over a hundred women. Oh, wow. It's been great. I've, and I've met thousands of women. And so it's, it's really, it's really been wonderful. Yeah. It's been a great transition. And what do you feel like you would have missed out on had you not started Life of Prey? Well, not to repeat myself, but I think that had I not, I would have missed the opportunity to have met thousands of inspiring women who are basically really changing the world by changing their own lives. Mm. I would have missed having the opportunity to have the positive impact on the women I've met personally and indirectly, you know, through, especially through the podcast, uh, Sylvia and May. And what advice would you give to other women who are interested in going after a big goal and starting a business? Um, I think one of the most important things is to be single-minded mm -hmm. uh, in their pursuit of success and really to ask for and accept help from wherever or whoever you can get it. And of course, one of the most important things is to expect failure before you have success. As it's been you know, told a lot, you learn a lot from failure, but you learn very little from success. So you have to be prepared for the ups and downs right. of, of business. And you really have to not be veered off course as to what you want to do. Mm. Yeah, so true. Well, where can we learn more about you and your podcast? Uh, you can go on uh, the website, sylviaandme.com. That's S-Y-L-V-I-A and A-N-D-M-E.com. I know my grandfather used to spell my name wrong. Um, <laughs> you can find out uh, all the podcasts are there. Uh, you can also find out uh, about more about myself and uh, Life of Prey. And, of course, you can find the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Sylvia. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for allowing me to share my experiences with your listeners. What a fun and interesting interview. 
So something that I really wanted to touch on from Sylvia's interview was when I asked if she had any naysayers, she initially said no. And in my mind, I was kind of like, come on, everybody has at least two or three naysayers. But then I realized that that's not necessarily true. That we only have naysayers if we A, keep those kind of negative folks in our lives, and or B, continue to bother sharing things like that with these negative folks. The thing is, as an adult, for the most part, you get to choose who you surround yourself with. You actively choose who your friends are every time you choose to take their calls or hang out with them. With family, you can choose whether or not to share things with them. If you consistently find that friends or family are unsupportive or, worse, purposefully trying to degrade or tear down your choices, then you can choose not to be friends with those particular people or to not talk to those people about your life or those particular subjects anymore. The thing that can be tricky is when friends or family hide negativity and what they call realism. Listen, you can be realistic and positive at the same time. I tend to take a very realistic approach when responding to my friend's goals, but it's still supportive. Let me give you an example. If a friend told me, I'm going to start a podcast, I might say something like, that's really exciting. Let me know if you have any questions because it can be a little overwhelming when you first start. That is being both supportive, but also realistic because podcasting is overwhelming when you first start out. But someone else who appears supportive, but is really a negative Nancy, might say, that's great, but you know only 1% of podcasts succeed and make money, right? I'm just being real with you. People who say things like that are not being supportive. In fact, in my opinion, the phrase, I'm just being real with you, or I'm just being honest with you, are usually a red flag that these folks aren't actually supportive friends or family. They just want to appear supportive when really they are okay with tearing you down or being negative. I no longer give those people the time of day. I don't necessarily cut those people out of my lives, but I certainly won't talk to those people about those subjects anymore if they're just going to be negative about it. Personally, I think that it's really important to surround ourselves with positive or supportive people because the more that we do that, the more likely we are to succeed at our goals. The second thing that Sylvia talked about that really stuck with me was the idea behind her organization, which is to connect women with other women who are going through similar situations in order to have that community of support. If you're a woman going through a transitional phase like a divorce or becoming an empty nester, definitely check out Life of Prey. However, as Sylvia recommended, you can also look around for, you know, other supportive communities which might better fit your situation. As much as I tend to stay away from Facebook for most things, I do have to say that Facebook groups has been a really great space for connecting with other podcasters, authors, and women entrepreneurs, all in separate groups there. So if you're looking for a supportive space, definitely check out Facebook groups. As far as I've seen, no niche is too narrow for a Facebook group on there. If instead you're looking for something that's maybe a little more in person, I found the website meetup.com to be really useful. Of course, always be safe when meeting someone in person. Try to really only meet up in public spaces where you will know that other people will be around, like a coffee shop or a library, before you go off to non-public spaces with that group. With the internet, though, there are a ton of opportunities to connect with people who will be more supportive than those people who you might know in real life. Like, for example, I found a really supportive community on TikTok of other independent authors who understand the ups and downs of writing and publishing. It's been really helpful because most of the people that I know in person don't know a lot about self-publishing because they're not independent authors. And so they don't understand the intricacies of self-publishing and might not know how to be supportive. 
For me, connecting with those online author communities has been so helpful in allowing me to ask questions that I wouldn't normally be able to ask of non-independent authors. There's also that opportunity to sometimes vent about, you know, shared problems that you might have. So I definitely recommend connecting to either an in-person or online community in order to find that support that you need for the goal that you're going after. And if you find that online community is not supportive, then you can always leave it without really any real repercussions. All right, that is all I've got for today. Join me next time for a solo show about perseverance. Until then, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own Go Find Out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at GoFindOutPodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out.